This is the Disciple Makers Podcast by Discipleship.org. You're listening to Season 7, and every week this season we'll bring you content about making disciples. Discipleship.org brings together other like-minded organizations, and they're all focused on making disciples. Our goal is to help you become a Jesus-style disciple maker. Today's track session comes from LifeWay's track at the National Disciple Making Forum called The Discipleship Pathway. In this session, you'll be hearing the importance of answering the question, who are you? And then in the next session, where are you going? But we must answer these individual questions in light of who we are as a church. Where are we going as a church? And what's the primary purpose of the church? The ebook called Discipleship is the Core Mission of the Church by Bobby Harrington was written to help you answer questions just like that. And in case you didn't catch it, the core mission of the church is discipleship. But how do we know this, biblically speaking, and why is it important? Download this free ebook to learn more. Go to discipleship.org ebooks and look for Discipleship is the Core Mission of the Church by Bobby Harrington. You can also click in the link in the show notes of this episode for direct access. And now for today's episode. Today you'll hear from LifeWay's Andrew Hudson, and he asks the question, who are you? All right, guys. I'm Andrew. We're going to talk a little bit about just who you are and the idea of discipleship. Um, so the, the better you can understand who you are, the better you can minister to other people, right? We're going to solve this problem with identity, vision, and mastery. So over the next few hours... Um, I'm going to try to answer this question. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time on identity first, and then we're going to talk through vision and mastery in that second hour uh, of today. So uh, my favorite movie growing up was Alice in Wonderland. So I have seen this movie a thousand times. Um, so the first question that Alice is asked is, who are you, right? So She's having this identity crisis and trying to figure out who she is. So if you were to just take a snapshot of who I am, my name is Andrew. I'm from Dallas. I went to Baylor. I studied film and religion. So if y'all uh, want to talk about 1960s Italian cinema, I'm your guy. That's no one in this room, right? Hey. All right. Uh, I've been married for nine years and two days now. Uh, my wife, thank you. My wife is Susan. We have a daughter named B. Uh, we have Frankie, which is our dog, and Myrna is our cat. Morning. Um, I've been at Lifeway for six years. I'm a manager of the creative development team. I also get to work on Bible studies for life. I love barbecue. I love woodworking and all things Texas. Uh, anybody else from Texas? Yeah? Nope? Okay. Uh, just to prove it to you, uh, I outkicked my coverage. There's Susan. And there's my beautiful daughter. 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 We like her a little bit. Uh, every, every Saturday morning, almost every Saturday, I, I get to take her to Chick-fil-A and we just have a daddy-daughter date, and it's so much fun. But it's also, um, this bottom right picture was the first time we went, and this was over a year ago, and now you see, like, just, you can see her grow. 
through these pictures, and it's, it's really fun. So we go back to this idea of who are you? Who do you want to be? Right? So finding out who you are as an individual will help shape the way that you lead, will help shape the way that you disciple people, help everything that you do. Psalms 139, 13, 14, for you create, oh, let's go back. Uh, I'm also horribly dyslexic. So as I read aloud, enjoy my dyslexia. Uh, For you created in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So we've got one more picture of B, and that's B, okay? So we struggled through infertility for three and a half years, and we were trying to get pregnant, and we were crying out to God, saying, please, please, please give us a child. And then one of these two is B. And so how fun it is to be able to see a picture of God's mercy and of God's grace and to be able to have a photograph of it. So God has made you the way that you are. There are absolutely no wrong personalities and there are no better personalities, right? So we're gonna take a little test. And this is a fun little exercise. Does everybody have a pen? I have pens, if y'all don't. Don't flip it over, just look at the page with the, the colorful boxes. You want one? So the idea of this is that we're gonna put a bunch of words on the screen and identify with one word on that screen, okay? And then you'll put a little tick mark in the colorful box that it turns into, right? This will be explained again, but um, the, the main idea is to only do one per box. Let's take a few minutes to get to know ourselves a little better. Grab a pen and turn to the page with four rectangles called temperament assessment. You're going to work individually through a temperament assessment and then calculate your results. Then you'll have some time to discuss your results. Here's how it'll work. You'll see four words or phrases on the screen. You'll then have 10 seconds to decide which one describes you best. You may find that more than one word describes you, but only pick the one that stands out the most. So pick your word. Okay, now focus on the box you picked. Each box is about to change to a color. Yellow, red, green, or blue. Put a mark in your book that corresponds to the color you chose. That makes sense? Do we need to pause it? Spend the next several minutes doing this with more descriptions. By the end of the assessment, you will have multiple marks on one or several colors. <clears throat> if you need us to hit pause to clarify instructions, so you're going to pick a word, and it's going to turn a color and just put a tick mark, whatever fits you best. All right, count them up. Put the number to the left. 
Did anybody get 18 all in one color? Okay, that's surprising. Usually there's one person that, that does it. Uh, 12 or more in one color? What'd you get? 14 in what color? In what color? <laughs> okay, yep. What about you? Blue 14. Interesting. Um, so I had 11 red, six blues, and, and one yellow, and I had no green. You, had, you didn't have any green? I had, I had no green. Yeah. I had six red, blue, yellow. Oh, you were evenly split. I'll tell you. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought I was going to be totally bichromatic um, here. Right? Only two colors, but then all of a sudden one blue one slipped in. So. Red and yellow. I would have pegged you as a red. Um, okay, so if you flip it over, this is how our personalities are all different, right? So we've got a room of, let's say, 10 people in here and we were all across the board, right? So there was not one person in here that was fitting for everybody, right? So everybody's a little bit different. So the biggest thing I want y'all to walk away with is that your congregation is also very different. So there is not one way you need to do discipleship. There's not one way you need to do evangelism. There is not one way you need to do things, right? So who, who are the yellows in the room? You're a little bit yellow, you're a little bit yellow, you're yellow, yes, yes you are, yes you are. <laughs> so y'all are the fun ones, y'all are the ones that like to get up on stage and do announcements maybe, you don't mind it if the spotlight is on you, right? So y'all um, enjoy that, y'all like to have fun. What I want to point down uh, is the emotional need. Y'all also crave attention and affection, approval and acceptance. True? Decently true, yeah. Powerful reds. That's, I am, I've taken this test, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm always surprised that I get as many reds. Uh, seven reds, those Reds tend to be the guys that walk into a room and kick the door down and say, we're doing it this way, right? We tend to be uh, aggressive. We tend to be your leaders. And if we're not in charge, we want to be in charge. We can do it better. We can do it better. I promise you we can do it better. Yeah, uh, I know that uh, about me. I'm definitely too opinionated. I am a workaholic. I am insensitive. Um, the fact that I had zero green in me shows that I am insensitive. Uh, my emotional needs are that I, I seek loyalty out of my team. Uh, at Lifeway, I lead two different teams. One is with 13 people, one is with about 40 people, and I need loyalty out of them. So as I'm leading 53 people, I need them to, to do what I say. Uh, sense of control, appreciation, and credit for work. Uh, my wife knows this about me, and she is so good to just come in and say, hey, good job at doing X, Y, or Z, right? Just say, just say good job. How, as the Reds in the room, how much better would we be if people just appreciated us and what we're doing for, for the church or for our companies, right? Peaceful greens. Any greens in the house? Yeah, I would have pegged y'all. Yeah. 
Okay, I have no green. Uh, the greens are the sweetest people. Would people say that y'all are sweet? Probably. Uh, y'all are, I want a team full of green people. I want uh, my congregation to be filled with greens. Um, they are the people that make us all just feel better, right? Um, they enjoy peace and quiet, feeling of worth, lack of stress and respect. Uh, my wife is a green and I control things by anger and she controls things by procrastination. And so if she doesn't want to do something, she just puts it off, which then makes me angry. And then she then responds in more procrastination. So then we get into this fear cycle, right? So where are you dealing with people if I'm controlling by anger or if you know that you are controlling by procrastination? How can you better help out your congregation? Um, all right, blues. Who are the perfectionists in the room? Yep. Highly. Hey, you're pretty split. Okay, I'll get to that. That's a pretty good split. Uh, blues are your detail-oriented people. So the fact that, uh, that you're running around making sure everybody's in the right room makes complete sense. And I'm, my guess is you're probably thriving in that too, right, Jeff? Loving it. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> you are sensitive. You need support. You need space. You need silence, right? Those, those are the things that you need. You're controlled by your mood. So in your family, in your congregation, do they talk about your mood swings? Like if, if somebody's happy that day, the whole company is going to be happier. If somebody's in a bad mood that day, then it's a bad mood. Okay. What do you all think about this? This is a discussion group. So talk with me about, is this accurate to who you are? How do you make this work in your church? I think tools like this are useful, but quite honestly, I could have gone either way on half of those slides. Yeah. Yeah. And probably come up with a completely different profile. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I can look at these words here and go, well, this is why I hit this one over here, and this is why I hit this, circle this one over here. Sure. I'm predominantly this one, and then, you know, some of the, the predominant ones, okay, I'm not those, I'm those other things. Right, right. And it also includes your previous, I mean, your recent previous experiences. You know, if you, come, if you came right out of a family conflict, Absolutely. If you had a stressful day at work, yeah, yeah, that's right. What this doesn't allow us to do is to say, oh, I'm not green, so I can be a jerk, right? Because <laughs> I'm red. That means I can do whatever I want. No. So we can't disregard other people or other colors simply because we are something else, right? We can't excuse our behavior, whatever weakness it is, and say, well, that's the way God made me. That's right. That's right. So this is a good spot for us to grow in. I know that I control people by my anger, and I've been working on that for 38 years now, right? So how can you use some of these strengths and weaknesses to help your discipleship group? My strengths as a red, I work well under pressure. I am goal-oriented. You give me a goal, I'm going to hit it, right? What about y'all? I think it is important for us to know who 
That's right. That's right. So, thank you for that segue, Tim. Uh, if you were to look at the right side of this, you are a task-oriented individual. Okay? You enjoy, give me a task and I will do it. Reds and blues. We will knock out your task. If you're red or green, the left side of this, you are a people person. You would much rather be around people. Uh, people are going to fuel you. People, this doesn't mean you're extroverted, but you just enjoy people, right? You'd rather sit down and talk with somebody and get to know them than have to go do something. So the top are your extroverts, and the bottom are your introverts. So as, as you're saying, Tim, as you are trying to figure out your whole group, very quickly I can say, you're an introvert, and you probably are a task, so that means you're green. Um, so then you can take this and shape your entire group that way. Um, I can pretty, I'm, I've been doing this a little bit, but I could look at the room and say red, yellow, blue, you know, and so now I can figure out my group and lead it accordingly. Does that make sense? What about diagonals? Yeah, okay, so diagonals are really interesting. Um, because now you're complete opposite. And my question there would be, is this a, a work environment versus a home environment? How are you in stress versus leisure? Um, and so it would be, let's just, they are anomalies. So it's pretty rare if you're a diagonal. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so then it, then it comes to you, are you red and green? So um, at what point do you need to be a leader? Is it a learned action versus an innate action? Something that you're like, this is who I am versus I know I need to step into a leadership role or vice versa, right? Yeah, one tends to be a little bit higher, right? The, the, honestly, Tim, yours with three, all even is super rare. So I'd be curious if you took it again, what it, if it would always be that. Uh, but having looked at it, would you say, no, I think I'm a little bit more... Yeah. I'm more, you know, looking at the red and the blue, I'm more tasked uh -huh. than people. Uh -huh. so that, and uh, that could be a, weak, a, a big weakness. Uh, so I would say I would lean more toward the, the, the red and the blue sure. than, the, than the yellow. Sure. It's um, good. Uh, every time I take it now, I am trying to think, like, what do I want to be, though? Like, I know that I'm red, but where can I, I, I wish I was more yellow. I wish I was more charming. I wish I did more yellow. Uh, and so trying to figure out working in that. I've got some verses for us. Put that down here. Okay. So if you're yellow... We need to remember that God's unfailing love, right? So how priceless is your faithful love? People take refuge in the shadow of your wings. God's love is unfailing. Um, I'm going to jump down to a peaceful green. Verse 2, chapter 23. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Um, is that... Um, peace. Greens crave peace. True? 
Ephesians. Information where we would say, you know, that the highest percentage of the population is is peaceful green, or is there any research that says this is where the predominantly where our folks are? Yeah, it's all over the map, right? So it's a pretty good even split. Um, the blues tend to be the winners. So uh, there are a lot more task oriented because of our culture of, I need you to do this, I need you to shut up, I need you to go. And so we have been, this is a, a learned experience, so there are a lot more blues. A lot more blues. I would, I would think that there's more peaceful greens in church. Maybe. Maybe your congregation is awesomely <laughs> peaceful. <laughs> Uh, the church I grew up in was full of reds, and everybody wanted their way. Uh, and so it was probably a very unhealthy red church. Um, on that, this verse punches me in the stomach, okay? Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For you are saved by grace through faith. It is not, by, uh, it is not from yourselves, it is a gift from God. Not from works, so that no one can boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Um, I was in a conversation with one of my guys this morning, and we were talking about what, what work do I actually do? Well, whenever I look at my team, I've got 53 people that I get to lead. That is my work, right? And like, if, if they are good, then I am good. And when they falter, I hurt with them. And I try to build them back up. But that is my work. And what this verse reminds me is to stop, to stop that, right? God has already completed the work. God has already done it for us. Hebrews 13.5, for you blues in the room. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be satisfied in what you have, for he himself has said, I will never leave you or abandon you. So as I've read all of these scriptures to you, what stands out? What stands out for your, for your color? So all people will have a personality, and so this is just a, a, good, a good test to figure out our personality. But I agree with you that Christians have a deeper desire to know Jesus, right? And so how can we take this personality, everybody's different, and reach those specific people in a certain way that's going to be most received by them. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Some though have conflict. Like red works well under pressure. Blue as weakness struggles under pressure. Yeah. So I've got some blues on my team, and whenever I come in and say, "Do your work right now. Let's go. We've got a deadline to meet," they freeze. Right. So. When you're both red and blue. Yeah. So it probably is different situations. So are there times when you can work well under pressure? And there are also times when it's too much. It's overwhelming. Depends on how well I know the subject. There you go. Yep. And also, who's making the demand? Yep. Right. My yeah. wife or <laughs> anyone else. If the wife's making it. Yeah. <laughs> So this year, uh, for the next few years, actually, this is Bible Studies for Life's, uh, it's our verse. 
So Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed by this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So what we're focusing in on is the transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? How do, excuse me, how do we shift our mindset and renew our mind? Come on. <laughs> um, I had a business eight years ago, and I was very much red. That was who I was. Yeah. Guy got a hold of me. Business had to close. About three, well, during a job transition class, we went through um, uh, Myers-Briggs. Uh-huh. Great teacher. Yeah. So in the last four years, seeing lots of different tools like this and work from Enneagrams yeah. and things like that. And I've turned around and used those in workplaces where I'm not the boss anymore. That's right. And actually used it to help people understand other people are different. So yeah. they use the tool in that way. That's right. And um, that we are uniquely made. And it takes each one of us That's right. to make the organization. That's right. Um, right now I'm doing financial ministry stuff. And in that arena, getting people on the to realize their spouse may be at, may respond completely different because of history and all those other things. That's right. So that's how I immediately, as soon as you had this up there, this is, that's where I gravitated to because that's what transformed me. Absolutely. So Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, all, all different tools. This one, I think, is so simple that you can easily go, oh, you're a red or you're a blue, and I can kind of get some idea of who, who I'm dealing with. It's a quick assessment. Right. You can go to, right. It's like kind of like love languages. You do love yes. languages yes. to get a quick assessment. So we're, it's it all layering on top. That's right. That's right. <laughs> okay. On that note, I got another one. So this one. Oh. Send them that way. And I'll start back here. Got it. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Okay, again, don't flip it over. So this one, in the same way that all of us are different, thank you. Thank you. All of us are different in our personalities. We all can worship differently, right? And so this is a, a, an assessment, not a test. This is an assessment on different ways that we can worship. So again, as you are walking into your, uh, into your small group or your Sunday school class, or even as you are discipling, it's good knowledge to know that everybody's different, but also that your, your room or your group might uh, benefit from worshiping differently. We're about to take an assessment to help you discover what your most natural Identifying your unique spiritual pathway can help you better experience God's presence in your everyday life. And once you feel comfortable with what you're doing, you can feel joy and freedom in using it. Here's how it will work. We'll present you with a series of statements. Your job is to determine how accurately each statement describes you, and then rate it with a number between 1 and 5. 
That should be five for all of us, right? I love ice cream. Okay, so the, this is a little bit confusing. So, he's going to tell you where to put it each time. So it's going to bounce around. Okay, so it's not going to go one, two, three. Um, I, I think it'll make sense. Any questions on that yet? They are. The lines are so faint. Um, there will be four or five. There will be five numbers per column. Um, so as long as you can fit them in there, we're going to add them up at the end anyway. All right. Here we go. When I'm tired, there's nothing better than going out with friends to refresh me. I'll also say if you can go more towards the one or fives, it'll give you a more extreme answer. That was in column two. This is column three. When I'm alone too much, I tend to lose energy or feel a little depressed. People seek me out when they need answers to biblical questions. So it's the second one on four. Even when I'm tired, I look forward to going to the church service. I love being able to serve behind the scenes, out of the spotlight. God most tangibly in fellowship with a few others. I am happiest when I'm singing with others about God. 
nature often teach me valuable things about God. People who know me would describe me as enthusiastic during worship times. Sometimes I spend too much time worrying about an issue rather than dealing with it. I get tremendous satisfaction from seeing people working together to achieve a goal. When I face a difficulty, being alone feels most helpful. Even when I'm tired, I find I have the energy and desire to care for people's problems. God is so real when I'm in a beautiful, natural setting. When I'm tired, there's nothing better than going out with friends to refresh me. Worship best in response to theological truth clearly explained. All the world's problems, including mine, don't seem as overwhelming when I'm worshiping at church. Frustrated with people's apathy in the face of injustice. I sometimes feel a little guilty for enjoying silence and solitude so much. No matter how tired I get, I usually come alive when a challenge is placed before me. I'm happiest when I find someone who really needs help and I step in and offer it. Describe me as a people person. I often read lots of books or articles to help me work through a problem. When I get overwhelmed, there's nothing like a good worship service to get me back on track.
take more time to slow down, but I really love what I do, especially in ministry. Sometimes I spend a little too much time mulling over negative things people say about me. wonderful stirs in me that is difficult to describe. Spiritual reality sometimes feels more real to me than the physical world. I get distracted in meetings and services if I notice details in the surroundings that haven't been attended to. A beautiful sunset can give me a spiritual high that temporarily blocks out everything bothering me. I'd rather pray with people than pray alone. <clears throat> all right. Okay, that's all of them. Now, take a moment. Add them up. Anybody else wildly convicted through that? Just me? Then transfer your numbers to the back of the page. All right, anybody have less than 10 in one of the columns? Definitely convicted by my six on worship. I, I am strong in service and in intellect, uh, which I think is pretty true to me. Um, I love to help out and I love to study. And that's how I'm going to, to worship, right? So as you're looking at your sheet, things you might enjoy. Accurate for you guys? What was surprising? Activism was uh, one of my highs. I've never considered myself an activist. So how do you take that back now? I'd like to help and change and those that can't champion a cause. Yeah, I, I do. I do that, but I've, I've, I've never considered myself an activist. Sure. Maybe it's got a stereotype that goes yeah, along with it, or yeah, a yeah. sure. But now, how can you take that back to your church and say, "Okay, I'm. I want to champion." some causes. I want to be the guy that's going to lead us into X. Right? It's good. Self-awareness. Anybody like nature? Yeah, that's my wife. And so we make sure to get out. There's a park right by our house and we go on walks or hikes. Uh, Percy Warner Park is 
right down the street. So we make sure to get out in nature because that's how she worships. And I love her, so I do that with her. Right? Any other thoughts on this? It's rounding out who you are. It's rounding out who your congregation might be. So now, as we're trying to figure out who we are, I want us to focus. So on my media team, on my creative team, I split up all of my guys because in the media world, there are specific jobs that each person can do. So if everybody's asked to do everything, nothing gets done, right? And so how can you focus in your congregation? If you now know what color personality type you are and how you might worship best, what are some ways that you could focus that energy um, instead of running yourself scattered? I look at the personality profile and then the, the uh, spiritual pathways. I scored low on green and low on relationships and worship. And that could be because I enjoy private worship more than I do corporate worship. Mm -hmm. And so I would say there's probably other folks like me. Yeah. And so making sure that in our plan of worship that we are providing ways for individuals to continue to do private worship. Absolutely. And also how do you make that an intentional thing for you? So you know that maybe you need to wake up at four in the morning so you can spend an hour in scripture by yourself, right? So now put that into your daily plan. If y'all like corporate worship, then you've got to seek out new ways to do that more, right? So it's all about us worshiping. It's going to be key. Any other thoughts? Looks like you're about to, okay. Well, the, the question I have is, I do a lot of, I love this, this um, you have an assessment similar to this that helps with learning and teaching styles? Uh, we have a spiritual gift test that also you can walk through. Um, so I can send that over to you if you'd like. Uh, but it's a same, similar idea. Um, as far as learning styles, I don't, I can't think of anything that would that would fit. Um, Just one thing: if, if they're looking out the window with their ear toward you, they're they're um, hearing and not being distracted. Because I have a son that that his primary is manipulative, uh -huh. kinesthetic. We won't let him do that. Right. <laughs> but when he does this, his secondary. They think he's staring off distracted because they're used to visual to keep their eyes straight. Sure, sure. We're all different, right? So even, even our redness, my guess is we worship differently, right? And so what we're doing is we're like adding this matrix grid so that everybody is different. And that's the biggest takeaway for this is how what works for you probably doesn't work for somebody else the exact same way. So how do we customize our things for those people? How do we customize our discipleship models for those people? Right? 
we're almost out of time. And I added this last night. So I'm going to just fly through that. Here's another matrix. If y'all want to talk about this later, we'll... Biggest takeaway I want y'all to know is that we have our identity in Christ. So it's not, I'm a red, or it's not that I like to study. It's right here. So 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So, we are all different, but yet when we unite together under the identity in Christ, that is when change will happen, right? That is when discipleship can take effect. This is how we're going to move. Um, okay, I have things for y'all if you haven't gotten them already. Um, I have a discipleship pathway, which uh, this room yesterday walked through, and I'm going to walk through it again next. Lifeway did the world's largest discipleship research project. Okay, on page 20 of this book is what they found. Okay, so these eight different signposts are evident in every maturing believer. So Bible studies for life then comes along, and we make sure that we hit each one of these signposts every year. So if you're into discipleship, which I think you are, um, we, we're diving deep. We're diving deep into discipleship. This is my favorite thing we do at Lifeway. It's called the Levels of Biblical Learning. Y'all saw pictures of B a little bit ago. So this is what she can cognitively understand now. But if you fast forward, a high schooler can cognitively understand all of this, right? So I shouldn't teach B this, but at the same time, I shouldn't teach high schoolers this, right? And so this is, again, a huge research project that Bible Studies for Life kids and students follows this. These are just frameworks similar to how we did our, our personality test. So frameworks, research style. Um, so I've got some of these for everybody. Um, and we've got four minutes. So questions that I might be able to help answer. And if I can't answer them, I'll seek out an answer and get it to you. Does Lovely still have the evaluation of spiritual maturity? That is a great question. I do not know. Spiritual maturity. Well, I know Okay. Uh, we have a um, assessment. We love our assessments um, called the Discipleship Pathway Assessment, which is um, so on um, the assessment. We'll walk through a bunch of questions that will tell you where you rank in all of these, mm -hmm. and you can do it for your whole congregation. Um, and then you can say, man, we're really, we're lacking in obeying God and denying self. So how can we focus in on that? Yeah. Um, but as a, as a balanced approach, Bible studies for life hits all of them. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that that sort of sounds like, like sure. you know, to evaluate your strengths in which ones and then the ones you don't have very many strengths in, then those are your Absolutely. weak ones and you need more help in. Absolutely. The strong ones are ones that you can help others. Sure. Is that available uh, to individuals or just churches? Individuals. Uh, discipleship pathway assessment. Um, 
and it might be a dollar or two dollars. Uh, yes, uh, is it available? Is that your question, Tim? Uh, repeat your question one more time to me. Uh, I said, is, is the uh, discipleship pathway assessment available oh. to individuals as well as churches? The discipleship pathway is available to individuals as well as churches. Lifeway.com, and you can do a search for it there. Great. Okay, I really appreciate y'all coming in and hanging out with me for about an hour. Um, we're going to walk through, so this was the identity half, and we're going to walk through vision and mastery in the next hour. If y'all want to stick around, you're more than welcome to, um, but I know that there's so many good breakout sessions in here, so I appreciate you guys. Let me pray for us real quick. Uh, Father God, I thank you for uh, being the creator that you are, Lord, that you come in and you uh, make this possible. Lord, we love you, and we thank you, and we pray for the people we get to disciple that their hearts would be open to know you more. And Lord, that you would show us people that we need to talk to about you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen. That's it for today's episode. Check out the ebook that goes with this podcast episode called Discipleship is the Core Mission of the Church by Bobby Harrington. Go to discipleship.org slash ebooks. See you next time.